0: evolve and thrive. Greetings, I am Erin Patton, also known as Master L, and welcome to the Meta Business Millennial Podcast. Today, I am graciously and humbly joined by Mr. David Price, And he is a certified professional life coach and really loves to work with men, especially husbands and fathers, on bringing more of that joy, of that love, of that peace to their everyday existence. And so, without further ado, I'd love to introduce David Price.
1: (laughs) Hey, Aaron, thank you so much. And thank you so much for graciously having me on your show. I'm so excited. And um, I just am very grateful. So thank you for what you do. And thanks for letting me be a small part of it.
0: You're so welcome. And like I said, when I first got on to the Zoom, this couldn't be more appropriate for me. Um, and I want to get into it a little bit before we begin in, because I just like to always add context. Because like I said, God don't ever make any mistakes. You know, make no mistakes. to that. <laughs> and I have been going through a series of healing um activations I like to call them and just working through my own wounds around the divine masculine is what I like to call it and healing issues around my father around men in my life my brother my child's father and really inviting more loving men into my life because my experience to now has I believe been much less than love
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry for that.
0: <laughs> yeah, they may call it love, but that, that's the best that yeah. they can do. Yeah. But you know, it really I feel like could be better. And so I really want to start with just getting to know more about you. And then if you can, kind of share a little bit about how that transitioned into what you did now. And then we can get into more of those nitty-gritty details like where you're from, like what is it study, like you know, what you used to do for work, things like that. That'd be cool. Sure.
1: Absolutely. So, um, I, um, I'm a Christian. I was raised in church, um, continue to be in church. I'm actually a Christian minister. Um, and so, um, I, you know, I'm from Kentucky and um, Mm -hmm. I was raised very traditionally. And and still, I mean, I'm still a traditional guy, still a conservative guy, all that kind of stuff. Um, But I just, um, for most of my life, I was extremely unhappy. I was very, very Mm -hmm. miserable um, with myself. I think it started when my father died when I was seven. And so um, he was 44, which when I was younger sounded super old. And now it's like, man, that's super young, man, to lose (laughs) You know, to to die and for me to lose my dad, that's really when all my issues started. And mm-hmm. that was I blamed him for not taking better care of himself. Yeah. I used that as an excuse for being mediocre. I tell people I was mediocre at best, a failure at worst, and everything that I did. Um, I was, you know, just barely functional. I wasn't great at anything. I didn't try hard at anything, and I just really hated myself for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And live that way for decades. And, um, you know, even being in church and knowing what I know and even preaching for a long time, being a minister for a long time, there were a lot of connections that I wasn't making between the truth that I knew. Um, you know, I love that you talk about metaphysics. I've, been, I've believed in metaphysics my whole life. I believe that there's something beyond the material, Uh, I believe that there's a God. I believe that there's spirits, demons, and angels, and there's this whole spiritual world that we don't see, but it's right here and it's having an impact on everything. But I didn't know how I could connect to it and use it and take action with it Mm. to actually make good things happen in my life. So I was waiting around for God to do something for me. I was waiting around for things to happen. What I didn't realize was I've got agency. I've got the ability to take action and by that, bring things into my life. I'm sure you talk a lot about the law of attraction. I believe in it, Yes. but the last word in attraction is action. And uh-huh. when I'm taking action, there's going to be no attraction, right? Or I'm going to attract bad now? stuff, right? So <laughs> anyway, so. I was just totally jacked up. And I asked a friend of mine, can you give me some help? I was at my lowest point in life. Yeah. And I asked a friend of mine, can you give me some help? He shared a book with me called The University of Success by Mandino. By chapter two, my life was completely changed. Mm. And that led to more books, videos, coaches, all that stuff. And I just got so excited by the change that was happening to me. I wanted to talk about it all the time. My family got tired of hearing about it. So I thought, (laughs) well, I'll go tell other people, right? So I got certified as a life coach. I started my coaching business about five years ago or so. And, um, you know, I've been doing that and preaching and teaching. I teach high school Bible and so got a lot of things going on. But the reason that I do what I do is because it changed my life. And I want to tell everybody who will listen about what changed my life. It sounds cliche, but it's a fact. I and mean, I I think you've probably been there too.
0: Absolutely. And I love that you shared your kind of very like cliff note version of the transition, because I always talk about my trauma. And my trauma was when my sister was murdered when I was six. And my father wow. experienced um, fraud in his doctor's office and ended up going to prison for seven years. And wow. this happened within a few months time. So just last uh, recently, I did a podcast with a a woman that talked about grief and I didn't realize it or never had the awareness around it, but I was raised by a grieving mother. And um, and so all that to say, um, you know, I fast forward to my, you know, my early 30s and my father unexpectedly passed away. And then my mom kind of enters this, you know, um, psychosis state where she nearly uh, commits suicide. And so I like to say that's when my metaphysical journey was immediately activated. You know, I was just like if I don't get my shit together and figure my life out, I'm going to be the one that's trying to commit suicide, you know? And so this um really is what opened my 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 perspective, my awareness, my my confidence, my courage to pursue God in a way that, you know, if I don't, I'm not going to make it here. I'm going to be dead for real. Absolutely. And I would love if you could share like in more detail, like if, if there was a catalytic moment. You talked about the seven-year-old thing and how you got older and you had your own kind of issues, but is there something that you really can speak to that was just like, if I don't get this shit right, if I don't, because you would preach, you were in a church on paper, you was looking Girl, good. You know I, what I'm saying?
1: I'm telling you, I'm telling you. And and th- there were a lot of outward and dealing with people. And, you know, I coached sports for over 20 years. Um, and so I did a lot of things. I was out in the community and came across as happy and cheerful and all that, like you said, got it together. And yeah. I was a complete mess inside. Yeah, I was, you know, I was mistreating my wife in the way that I talked to her. I was mistreating my kids in the way that I talked to them um, and dealt with them. I had explosive anger. Um, I, I called them names and I did all this stuff because I was so horribly miserable inside. Yes, And I don't, I don't share this part of it a lot. And, and here's the reason. So at, at one point I actually went onto the internet and looked up how to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. So, and actually and chose my method. I, I chose what I was gonna do. So right. I don't share that a lot. And here's why. People who are in that place, I don't ever want them to hear my story and think, well, all I have to do is do what he did, and I won't have these feelings, and then something really bad happens. If if a person feels suicidal thinking about it talking about it, get professional help right now. Don't mess around with that and don't, you know, d- d- do what you have to do. And so I don't want anybody to think that, well, if I just do what he did, I'll be fine. But the fact is, Aaron, that is what, that's what prompted me to get help. Yeah. I have gotten to that point where I, I just didn't want to be here anymore. Yeah. And I'm so miserable. And so I reached out to my friend and said, I, I need help. Can you point me in a direction? Can you, because I love to read. And I said, hey, can you give me a book? And he gave me the book and it was it was on from there. Come on now. Asking you shall receive.
0: And hey, that's,
1: absolutely.
0: That's the, that's the law of attraction. And, I, and I'm and i glad that you brought that up around the suicide because like you said, we don't talk about it. And, I, and when we don't talk about things, it can live in that trauma state and fester and grow and thrive in that trauma state because we're not opening it up, letting it breathe. Absolutely. It and I want people to see the light around this issue because I don't talk about my journey with that either enough because it's it's embarrassing, first of all. And I have to just, this is just where I am right now. It's embarrassing. It's shameful. Like why would someone with so much, went to Harvard, multiple degrees, you have great you know, family, you grew up nice, you have everything. Why are you so sad? You know, this is kind of the the thoughts that are running through my mind when I'm not sharing how I'm feeling, when I'm not being open about how sad I am. And I'm speaking in present tense because this vibration is still, I I must say, active within me. That's why I'm so grateful to talk to you and, and talk about this issue in particular because it's really easy to give up. And that to me, or restart, you know, it can be however you look at it on the metaphysical side, some people just look at it as a restart. So it can be however you want it to be. You know, however, for me, I felt it as a giving up because I believe that God would not put more on me that I couldn't handle. Right. And that we always talk about it. But what do you do when you actually get to that point and you, right. you feel in the weight and you feel pressure on both sides, all sides? And that's when you go to God and yep. that's when you come up and that's when yep. you ascend. And so this is why I'm so grateful to have this conversation. And whoever's listening, whoever's watching can be blessed by this, because that is what the pressure feels like when you're growing and you have those pains. Cause we didn't been there. We sometimes can fall back into it. Yes. We'll yes. fall back to the depths of it. Yes. We sometimes go back there and we have to remind ourselves who we are. We are God's children. Fine. And so to that point, I want you to speak more about what that growth looked like for you. So you're reading this book, you get to the second chapter, your life opens up. What do you start doing after that? Because that's when the action begins. <laughs> yes,
1: yes, it was. And so <laughs> what that book did for me... Was to get me out of the victim helpless mindset. I and I still struggle with this. Uh, it, it manifests now as imposter syndrome, which I'm sure you have dealt with and talked about many times. In any group of people, so I've been a sports coach. I'm a life coach. I'm a professional speaker. I'm a minister. You know, I've got all these hats um, that I have worn. In any group of people, I always feel like I'm the least competent and the least worthy to be there. Ooh. I don't care what group. I don't care who's in the group. In any group of business owners, mm-hmm. I'm the worst. In any group of basketball coaches, I'm the worst. Mm-hmm. Any group of dads, I'm the worst. Right. Mm-hmm. So I've got this imposter syndrome. So the way that that manifested earlier was. I thought that salvation, growth, transformation was for other people. I thought that it was for the lucky few or the people who had a special gene or the people that got something in their life that I didn't get. Mm. And again, it would go back to my dad. I lost my dad. Of course, I'm a loser. How could I not be a loser? I don't have a dad. Mm. So. I was very much in a victim mindset. Yeah. That I'm in this place. I'm stuck in this place because I don't have whatever that thing is that people like Aaron have. I don't have it. So she's able to get up there. I'm I'm down here. So what that book did was give me a sense of what we call agency or a sense of control of my life. In other words, I have a choice as to how I live my life and what my experience of life is. Yeah. And I can choose to stay here and continue to be miserable, or I can choose to change my mindset and begin to take action and experience transformation. So when I knew that I could do it, that's Mm -hmm. when I started to do it. And that's really, that was the beginning of the process.
0: Yes. And, And what did you start doing? Like, what were some of the action things that you did? Because you were already in the church. You were already a minister. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like well,
1: What more could you be, be doing? It's it's funny, and I've, I've thought a lot about that. You know, I remember talking about being in the church. I mean, I remember one time when things were really bad. I remember one time between Sunday school and church. I taught Sunday school. I was about to go into the pulpit and preach. And I remember going into one of the, the bathrooms in the back part of our church building. Closing the door and locking it and just having a breakdown. I mean, just just bawling, just crying my yeah. eyes out. Right. Yeah. I mean, the preacher in the church building. Yes. Right. The one who's supposed to have it all together is having a complete emotional breakdown. Yes. Sobbing in the bathroom. And then I had to get it all together, wash my face, get everything together and go preach. Yes. It was I was it was unbelievable. So, I think that the the disconnect was that I knew truth, I knew the Bible, I knew spiritual truth, but I did not connect that to here's what you need to do to activate that in your life. Yes. To me, the so my belief is that God made the universe to function in a certain way. The universe works the way it does because God made it to work that way. For us to be abundant and prosperous and happy, we have to work within the system as he created it and do things his way. Yes. Right? So if we don't, it's like driving the wrong way on the highway. Yeah. You're going against what you're supposed to be doing, you're going to be hitting and, you know, you're going to kill yourself. Yes. So go with the flow, go with the way God made it to work. Yes. But I didn't know how to do that. So I began taking actions like, you know, in, in the the programs that I have, the coaching programs, we begin with taking responsibility. And so we begin with just really drilling down at Who have you been blaming? for your life. Who had, what are your excuses? Mm -hmm. What are you waiting on? What are you complaining about? Let's Mm -hmm. really understand how we're not taking responsibility. Mm -hmm. Now let's begin to affirm responsibility every day. We're going to say, I accept 100% control for my life and everything in it. And I'm going to exercise my power over my life. And we're going to affirm that we're going to take that And we're going to start with uh, the self-talk is a huge part of what we teach. Addressing self-talk, dealing with self-talk, those limiting beliefs come up. We don't just accept them and say, well, it came out of my brain. It must be true right? If it came out of my brain, it's probably jacked up and false, right? Yes. I had to figure that out. Yes. So how do I challenge that belief? How do mm-hmm. I address that? How do I replace it with an empowering belief, right? So we teach all that stuff. Um, You know, and then creating a vision for your ideal life. I never thought about that before. (laughs) I was just bopping from one thing to the next. And I had this idea that, well, whatever God wants me to have, he'll just put in front of me and that's what I'll get. Well, what I was getting was a big bunch of nothing. Because God did not put me on this planet to just wander around and hope I luck into something. Right. Right. So creating, a designing an ideal life, what does that look like? visualizing it, you know, vision boards, the whole thing, and then goal setting and all that stuff. So, so I guess what I'm saying, uh, Aaron, is this, that I did not know that I had the power to take action to create the life I desired. I was constantly in helpless mode. Yes. But it's when I began to take action, my thoughts, my words, and my habits that real change began to happen. And so, you know, that's why I tell people, I know the stuff that you and I talk about, people think it's hippy drippy and it's out (laughs) there and it's, you know, it's, it feels great, but it's not, it is practical because what activates it is actions and habits every single day. That's what brings the power and the change. Yes.
0: And what resonates with me so deeply about what you shared is those limiting beliefs, the pre-programs that we have to question. And that's, I believe, to be some of the biggest hurdles for people moving from that victim state into that creator. So we all, I always talk about the victim triangle and then, you know, the, the empowerment triangle, you know, and moving from victim to creator. And what that requires is you seeing what are, am I thinking my own thoughts? And and I didn't even, I couldn't even conceptualize that even when I started this journey. So just now, am I able to really understand what I like to say when I hear a voice (laughs) in my head, knowing that's not me, (laughs) like that voice, that's not coming from me. However, most people assume that these thoughts, they're thinking their own thoughts, women in reality, they're not, they're thinking thoughts that have been programmed in our DNA program for media, program likely for maybe distorted sermons in church or in other arenas, in schools. And so we are not always thinking our own thoughts. And the first step is to question, just to become curious. Could there be a different possibility? Because I talk about this more recently in, in sort of my trauma experiences, is when you have limited beliefs and limited thinking, That's when the fear thrives. Of course, if you think only there's only one outcome out of this situation and you don't know how you're going to get there, of course, you're going to live in fear. However, if you open yourself up to the possibilities of other things that could be at play, then that frees you up to have a little bit more, you know, creativity in in solving the issues. So I, I would love for you to get more into you know that aspect of your journey in terms of when your when your possibilities start to open up what did it look like for you what did it look like for your family how did it look like for your church your business mm-hmm. i really want to start talking about and getting into that
1: yeah well i mean it it completely changed my life um you know i went from being a frustrated angry short-tempered husband and father to patient calm kind. Um, you know, my kids would, you know, one time, uh, I was just, you know, so many things so regrettable about things that I did. But you know, I took my kids to the park, they're little, and somehow one of the kids locked the door, locked the keys in the car. Big deal. You know, it's it, so, but I mean, I just lost it. I lost grip. I mean, right there in the parking lot, all over my kids. I mean, loud, abusive, um, just horrible treatment to my children. Um and that's the kind of thing I did because I had so much anger inside it was always right there and all it took was a little something and bam there it was exploded. Yeah. And so that's the kind of thing I did. Um my wife and I would get into arguments I would shut down on her for hours or a day and you know and really uh, uh, really be abusive to her that way to shut down on her. Um and so the amazing thing about it is I did not set out to become a better husband and father. I started working on myself and automatically became a better husband and father. It was amazing when I started working on me, everything about me got better, whether I was working on it or not. As my daughter always tells the story, I have have three grown children uh, all in their early 20s. And a grandson, but my daughter uh, tells the story one time, um, after all this stuff, I'd been doing all this stuff. She knocked over a plant in our dining room, dirt went everywhere. And she said, I froze waiting to see what dad's going to do. How's he going to blow up? And she said, dad said, uh, I said, well, it happens, you know, accidents happen. Let's get it cleaned up. No big deal. Mm -hmm. And she said, right then, she said, I knew this personal growth stuff was really having impact, you know, so they were seeing a difference. Um, sometimes when I get grumpy or a little bit gr- uh, grouchy about something, my wife will say, the, the old David is coming back a little bit. We need to kind of do some work around old David. So, but my point is that they, they see the 180, yes. right? They see that um, yes. everything ab- about my life. You talked about my business. I wouldn't have a business if it had not been for the personal growth that I that I went through, because as I said, I was not a life coach. I never intended to become a life coach until I got so fired up about this stuff that I wanted to tell other people about it, so I got certified so I could do it competently and effectively. And so that's where the business came from. But I mean, you know, everything from driving down the road, somebody cuts you off, you know, you <laughs> give them the finger, you shout, you wait. I just don't do that stuff anymore. You know, I don't get wrapped around the axle about stuff like that anymore. So literally everything about my my life has changed. Yeah. Um, you know, I was always easygoing and, and cheerful with folks at church and that kind of thing. But when something would come up, Maybe some stressor at church, I wouldn't act on it outwardly, but inwardly, I just, I was just a tur- I was in turmoil all the time. Now, when things happen, you know, it happens, people are people, let's just move on and not get so upset about it. So, I mean, it, it just literally changed everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead.
0: Yeah. No, I'm just saying that really resonates deeply with me because. This is exactly why I created the Meta Business. I call it a practice but the Meta Business world, my business, because I understand, again, how the, the self-transformation, not just self-development, the self-transformation enables more creativity, more collaboration, more, more um, just getting along in the workplace. And this was something that, you know, is coming off the heels of, you know, the the global pandemic, the shutdown, the, the George Floyd riots, all the race wars. I'm a Black woman. So, you know, the first thing people are, you know, asking me is like, what do you feel? How do you feel about, you know, all that's going on? And in my work, I'm saying if we actually looked at each other as who we truly are as divine beings, we wouldn't have diversity issues in the workplace. We wouldn't have sexual orientation challenges in the workplace because that all falls away when we're able to see each other for who we truly are as kind, loving, supportive beings. But because we aren't operating in that space, the trust isn't there. There's so much mistrust. There's so much hatred. There's so much prejudgment. There's so much that really precludes us from connection. So as as a leader of, of a community that really is in honor of God and spirituality, I really wanted you to speak to What this community and how you're cultivating this community and how you're utilizing metaphysics or your own practices or your own spiritual journey as a tool to really um, to lift up this community? Because you're one of the first people who I've interviewed who's actually a spiritual leader of a community, of a a broad community.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you were you were talking about, um, you know, racial issues. Um, I was very blessed. Um, I was raised in the South. Um, and, uh, when things were getting much better than they had been the generations before me and, and that sort of thing, but I was raised in the South, but very, very blessed to have been raised in a place that was diverse. Um, I had lots of friends who are African-American friends who were Asian, that sort of thing. And so um that was a wonderful blessing to me yeah. because I did not see people of other races as other or um you know alien or foreign um they were friends you know and so I'm so so grateful to have been raised in uh, a diverse community so I've, I've never really had a lot of the issues that maybe a lot of other people have, because these, these different types of people have just always been part of my world and part of my friend group and that sort of thing. Um, and so being a Christian um, also helps with that. Um, you know, we're all, we all come from in my belief. We all come from Noah. We all come from Adam and Eve. We're all we're all from the same people i mean you know uh we we we're, we're all from the same blood same flesh you know uh we're all made in the image of god yes. um and no matter how we look and so this is thankfully this has always been a part of <clears throat> A part of my worldview um, and my way of thinking. And certainly um, that's a good thing uh, in this current climate and in the current culture. One thing that I love about being on your show, uh, Aaron, is that I'm white and you're black. And here we are talking together, uh, working together, sharing the things that we have in common together. I'm sure there are things that we differ on metaphysically. Um, But, you know, we are providing uh, a look at how things can go and how things ought to go. Black people and white people should be able to get in a conversation and treat each other as humans rather than, you know, aliens or others or whatever. So, um, but it is a big deal to me. It's, it's I'm very, very conscious uh, and have always been very conscious about in my preaching about dealing with racism and dealing with those things. You know, I, I I've said many times in the past that a lot of people, Um, are uh, a lot of people are very upset if they think about a person from another race marrying into their family. Well, you already have people from another race in your family, the human family, God's family, the church yes. family. we're yes. already family, right? So um, you know, I just it is a big deal to me to really sort of try to promote that sort of harmony and that sort of healing. that's mm-hmm. a such an important thing to me, and I'm so happy that you brought that up.
0: Mm-hmm. And what does that look like? So when you're you know working with your team, whether it be your church team or even your folks that you attend your um your followers. Um, how does that healing and that promotion of healing? What does that look like?
1: It looks like several things. I think you know. I mean, I can talk about it a lot, and I do. Certainly, I put a, a lot of emphasis on it in my preaching and teaching and that sort of thing. But I think more than anything, I try to let it be visible mm-hmm. in my relationships. With people, um, I teach. As I mentioned, I teach high school Bible, uh, and I've got a diverse set of students that I have taught and teach. Uh, I teach at a Christian school, um, and you know, I I go out of my way to demonstrate my love, my affection. I talk about it. I hug my kids, don't no care what color they are, um, you know, where they come from, what they're wearing. I hug my kids. I tell them I love them. I say it in front of everybody. Um, I brag on them. And so to me, I can talk about it all day. But if people see me treat others differently, Mm. then they're going to ignore what I say Mm. and they're going to watch what I do. And Mm -hmm. so for me, it's more about my personal actions and relationships with other people. And so I just really try to, um, and as a person who... um, who grew up always feeling um, sort of the misfit in any group of people. I always felt I didn't belong. And a lot of times, as you know, what you think about yourself manifests in reality because I felt like everybody was ignoring me. Everybody ignored me. Mm -hmm. So in any group of people where I am, I always try to look out and see the people who look like they're being left out people who are new, people who are standing by themselves, people who may not be included, and go and establish a relationship with people like that. So again, to me, and I think this is true for all of us, we can talk about it, we can preach about it, we can write about it. What all of us need to do is to demonstrate love, respect, and kindness in our personal relationships visibly in front of everybody. Jesus said, let your light shine so that men may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. Yes, My children need to see me love black people, Asian people, Hispanics. My white students need to see me love on minority students. My congregation needs to see me love minority people. And so, to me, that's what it's about. It's just about yeah. what we do in personal right. relationship,
0: and and to that point, it's really a, what you're speaking to in the metaphysical world. We call that embodiment, and yes. so you really need to embody yes. all that you teach because you know. And we always hear it when parents are like, "Oh, you know, do what I say, now what I do." But <laughs> that that means nothing not if working. you aren't doing what you're saying. That no. which, you know, then it, and then that's not a learned behavior. You know, can't fully learn the behavior, and. I always love to say uh, from one of my mentors that words don't teach no matter even as in, cause you even can speak to that as a pastor, you would teach and say all these truths and things, but if you didn't embody yeah. all that you were teaching, yeah. how could people even receive that? Yeah. Cause words don't teach that it's the energy you bring. It's the, yeah. you know, the actions that you show. And I really love that you do that. And since this is a meta business millennial, I always like to get into the business yeah. of the folks that we, that I'm talking with. Absolutely. I'm not sure how you consider your congregation, if you consider your church necessarily your business, but definitely with your coaching business, I would love for you to speak to that and how that developed, how you transitioned from doing your sports coaching to that thing to like being like, you know what, I'm going to full time support people and being their best self. You know, yeah. I mean, what did that look like for you? And, and and if there were any stories or challenges around it, definitely share. <laughs> well, yeah. so
1: as I told somebody the other day, I think it's been nothing but challenges to be honest with <laughs> you. Know, I know that you can identify with that. So, you know, I started off very small. Um, after I started my life coaching business, um, my very first client I got for a, an hour session a week for a hundred dollars a month. Um, and so twenty five dollars a session, uh, which um, is a bargain for people that don't know about the coaching business. That's a real yes, bargain. Real. But bargain. It, was ex- it was exciting because it was my first client. You know, when you st- when you make actual money from a real client, that's powerful. You know, um, but it's it's been a real struggle. I mean, just to be honest with you, it's it's been a real uphill battle. Most of it has been my limiting beliefs. Um, I did not. I've I've never. You know, nobody in my family is a business owner anywhere in my family. No business owners, no entrepreneurs at all. So I've got none of that. I don't have a business degree. Um, Never was in any sort of business for myself until I started that in my forties. And so now I'm fighting the I'm too old. It's too late. Blah blah blah. Yes, yes. So it's really been an an uphill slog. What has worked for me is starting small and doing what I could Mm -hmm. rather than trying to figure out all the answers and launch a perfect product. Yeah. So, you know, my coaching started when, you know, at the end of my runs, um, I would just do a live video. I was all sweaty and gross, but that's what (laughs) I wanted people to see was me working hard and saying, Hey, you can do this too. And so I just started posting live videos and that, you know, kind of on the spur of the moment. And then that turned into some more um, uh, prepared live videos. And then that turned into some marketing. And then that turned into getting coaching. And I've had probably eight, nine, 10 different coaches. Um, and um and, and so that turned into eventually uh, my program that dozens of people have gone through. Now I've launched this new program for husbands and fathers who want to stop taking their frustration out on their wife and kids. Ask me how I know about that. Yeah. Um, and so um and so I guess what I would say to to business people the, the couple of things that I think I've learned. First of all, People tell you it's going to be hard. You have no idea how hard it's going to be. You have no idea how many challenges you're going to. You have no idea how many times you're going to want to quit. And for about a year, I did quit. I tell people all the time, I love coaching. I hate marketing. Um, And so you're going to want to quit a lot. You are, it's going to be messy. Everybody wants a linear ascent from starting just straight up to success. I had a guy uh, a few years ago called me up and wanted some advice. He was starting a coaching business. And he said, um, he said, I'm just getting started. He said, my plan is to in six months to have a hundred clients. And I went, pump the brakes, man. (laughs) I mean, you can plan all that you want, but brother, that's not happening, man. It's just not going to happen, right? It's this messy, stop and start and do this and it doesn't work and all that stuff. And I think sometimes we go into business and we think it's going to be easier. It's going to happen quicker. It's going to go straighter. Yeah. None of that is true. Yes. Buckle in for a long ride. I think it was Bill Gates who said people overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in 10 years. So don't think it's going to be quick It's going to be a very long time. So I've struggled with getting clients, with marketing, and all that stuff. Um, But one thing that I would tell people is to absolutely spend the money on getting a qualified coach who can help them figure some things out. It sounds scary because you got to spend money on it. Don't be one of those people that tries to get everything for free. That's never going to work. You're never going to grow that way. But get somebody who's qualified to help you, and let them help you with your business. Yes, there's so many things that you don't know that you don't know. Come on now, and you've got to get help, right? So, um, I think that's important. So, yeah, my my business journey has been nothing but challenges for sure.
0: Come on, I give you all the snaps on that response. <laughs> I have to give you so many snaps because it is nothing but truth. Yeah. It is nothing but truth in that not just your coaching business, but any business, a technology yeah. business, a healthcare business, yes. uh, any kind of business. I work with CEOs. I talk to CEOs. They struggle with the same issues yes. that, that we do. Yes. And they have team and staff and budgets and loans and boards. Yes. They have the same imposter syndrome. They have the same fears. They have yes. the same challenges. Yep. And, you know, to that point, I was talking with a client he brought up. I was trying to let him remind him of that. And he was like, yeah, I guess you're right. Because Jamie Dimon, CEO of J.P. Morgan, too big to fail, now has throat cancer. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like this yeah. man. Yeah. And, I, and and that's a whole nother conversation about that. Sure. sure. But, however, this man is go- going to sleep with the whole world on his mind. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, this doesn't stop. These challenges don't Mm -hmm. stop. They actually get greater. Yes. And I couldn't support you more. And this is not just a plug for me and not just a plug for you and having someone guide you. Yes. Paying good money to invest in that guidance. That could be the greatest investment you make in your own
1: business. And I'd love for you to speak more to that I would love to. Yeah, I would. Lo- I would love to. So, uh, for myself, and I, I you know, I, I, I put this number out there a lot. I tell people this a lot, but there's a reason. It, it sounds like I'm saying, you know, I'm awesome. I spent, but I've spent well over forty thousand dollars of my own money on coaching over the last however long. Okay, that's a lot of money. So, there's something to be. So, first of all, not everybody that I spent that money on delivered to me what they said they would. In other words, I didn't get out of the program everything that they said I would get out. What I have learned about that, though, is first of all, there is value in just spending the money. (laughs) As long as you will not spend the money, you're sending a message to your own brain. I'm not serious about this. I am not in this. I'm playing at it. It's a hobby. It's a side hustle, but I'm not really in this. But I'm going to tell you something. When you put the money in it, now your brain goes, okay, now we're in. And even if you don't get anything out of that program, what you got was... This, um, this this, this, knowledge that I'm in it to win it. I'm all in. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that that does is when it comes the next time to spend more money, you're going to be willing to do it. The, the most I ever spent on one coaching program was $12,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would not have done that if I had not prior to that spent a thousand, and yeah. then twenty five hundred, and then mm-hmm. now somebody might be listening to us and go, "Well, that's just stupid. You spent all that money. You just said you didn't get everything that they well, so you're just dumb for spending that." No, 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 no. I would not take back a penny of that money that yeah. I spent because of what it's done to me. Spending that kind of money makes me a real business owner, a real coach. It makes me a real, um, achiever. That's part of what makes me who I am. That's part of what gives me my power. I -hmm. can spend that money because I know it's coming back. I don't have to get into stress Mm -hmm. about spending that money. Mm -hmm. Um, and if I can, I'll just share this real quick. One thing I teach in my programs is that there are no wrong decisions, uh, that as long as it's ethical, moral, and legal, there are no wrong decisions. Oh, I so love this, it. uh, Yeah. It's a really powerful kind of way to look at things um, because there's blessings down every path. You mentioned a while ago, we get hung up with this fear. Well, if I do this, what if it doesn't work out? It mm-hmm. doesn't matter because you're going to get something out of it no matter what happens. Just do it. Mm-hmm. But so I, I spent $12,000 on this coaching program designed to get me more clients. They didn't, not, mm-hmm. did not get one client out of it. Here's what I did get. This is so powerful. When I was in that coaching program being coached, I was watching the way that they ran their program, the way they structured it. Yes. So, what I was doing, I was doing all one on ones. Mm -hmm. You can't scale that, but so far, Mm -hmm. right? But if you make it a one to group, you can scale that thing as much as you want to. Mm -hmm. I did not get more clients but I got a better coaching program for that $12,000. And that's worth a hundred times. You see what I'm saying? So you you may not get out of it what you thought, but if you pay attention, you will get something out of it. And it's going to be powerful.
0: Oh, come on now. I want everyone that's listening and watching to really receive this because this is, um, Money one on one at its finest. Absolutely, because I, I really feel like in in the physical space we have a very transactional view of money, like yes be a one person yes. exchange. Yes. But in the metaphysical world, in the spiritual world, when we think about our money, as it is aligned to our God purpose, to our divine purpose, that money multiplies at minimum sevenfold. Okay, that's the spiritual number. This man said it was a hundredfold for him going into that $12,000 program. So let me assure you and inspire you to make that investment. it on a credit card. Do what you have to take out the loan. Invest in yourself. If you have to borrow, know that it is coming back to you and it'll come back to you in the time that it's meant to. And in that time, do not fear. Trust, love, have, have the highest confidence and courage and the investment that you made in yourself, in your relationship with God, in your divine purpose, on this path, in your business.
1: Absolutely. And this is
0: something that I have to speak over myself on a daily yes. basis.
1: Yes. Because yes. to your
0: point, I had all these expectations of what I would have in a year. All these expectations <laughs> of what I would have in two years. All these expectations <laughs> of what I have in three years. Yeah. But to, but to what Bill Gates said, what about 10 years, sis? Right. Well, 10 years look yes. like if I look at 10 yes. years... And what I'm putting already the groundwork into is about to be.
1: Yes. Awesome.
0: It's 100%. about to be beautiful. Yes. It's about to be transformational. So really start to look at your money and your investments differently. Yes, I mean, even in the S&P, let's get down to the finances. We'll talk about the business. Even in the S and P, any sound financial advisor will tell you to wait at least five to ten years for some valid
1: returns. Absolutely, yes, that's a great point. Yes, you will
0: never look at your stocks every day and be like, "God damn it, it's down again." Because that's the way the market works. Yes, well, we're not talking about market with the metaphysical, with the spiritual, with God right. over here. That's we're right. talking about guaranteed returns, guaranteed results, because you are working in alignment with the law we yes. spoke
1: to earlier. Absolutely, and the so what you're saying is just so important. So many things come to mind when you say all that, Um, and and just a couple of things if I can. So first of all, I I I remember what it was like hearing coaches, consultants say what you just said, and all I could think was, well, yeah, they're going to say that. They want me to. They want me to spend money with them. They want to give me money, and I just I want to really really speak to people who are in that space and say that I was there too. 10 years ago, if I would have heard you, Aaron say, (laughs) spend the money. Do you know, I would have gone. Yeah, right. She wants, she wants my money. Look, I'm telling your listeners, I'm imploring you. What Aaron's telling you is a fact. It is the truth. When you spend money, you get the metaphysical value immediately. You don't have to wait on that. You get the metaphysical value, the boldness, the courage, the confidence. uh, You know, you get that. And then you get whatever comes down the road. Um, And look, I feel um, like, I know what it's like to be in like, I've had my power turned off. I bet, you know, I've had to juggle this bill to pay that bill. I've been there. I bet you've been there. Yeah, I've been there. I know what that's like, but one thing that I have noticed, um, when I get a little tight with money and I look at my account that I do a lot of my business with, and I look at my account and I like it. I like to see it up there. I like to see it. I like to see big numbers, right? And so I'm looking at that, and I'm like, I don't want to spend any of that because I like that big number. I get on the app, and I look at it. Yep, still big, still up there, right? And so I'm looking at it. So then the opportunity comes along to spend money for my business, and I'm a little hesitant. always tell myself, look, you knew how to make what you had, You, the one that made it and put it in there, you can make more and put it back in there. Go ahead and spend it. It is amazing how quickly that amount builds back up again because you're in the flow of money. You're not like you're not a dam where the money comes to stop and die.
0: Yeah, that's,
1: that's what puts us in the problem. Yes. We need to be in the flow of money, let it flow through you so yes. it can flow to you. Absolutely, yes, let
0: it flow through you so it can flow to you I 100%. Love that. I love how it works, it. that's how it works. And I love how you also say that when you make that investment, you immediately have the metaphysical results. Because I always like to say that your vibration precedes your manifestation, yes, so you have to have that metaphysical energetic you know re, re, what they call the holy spirit whatever it yes. is experience before you actually ex- have it in the physical because that's, that's right. just how it works that's, that's just right. how god works yeah and so right. um i, I I can't believe we didn't already got to our time here. <laughs> we are kind of hit. We're getting close to our hour mark, so I really want to, you know, be respectful of, of all the things. Sure. And so I want to just kind of start wrapping it up, and, and sure. I want you to speak a little bit more detail about your offerings because this is an opportunity for people to learn more about how they can work with you. So, share a little bit more about your programs that Absolutely. you start and how they impact people.
1: Absolutely. So right now I have two programs. Uh, one is for men and women, and it is for any person who feels stuck. Um, you feel um, you don't know what to do, or you know what you want to do, but you got no idea how to do it. Mm-hmm. So I've got a program for that. We just walk you through the whole thing. We give you the whole system, the way to create all of that, the way to achieve all of that is for men and women. I have that program, had lots of people go through that and had tremendous Success with that. The other program, as I mentioned, is for husbands and fathers who feel guilty. Uh, They they they're they're miserable because they know they take their frustration out on their wife and kids, but they don't know how to stop. I've been there, uh, and I've learned how not to do that. And I love teaching husbands and fathers how to do that. So you can connect with me on that as well. Um, But you know, one thing I love about coaching, and one thing that I have learned, uh, Aaron. You know, people will hear you and I, and. I'll resonate with some people. You'll resonate with some people. That's the beautiful thing about there's people are looking to hear my voice. Some of them, some are looking to hear yours. So maybe they want to connect with you and get what you've got going on because they really like the way you say it. But, you know, I'd be happy to connect with people. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at David Price in Moorhead City uh, or email me at David at David Price coaching dot com and love to help you out.
0: Oh, thank you so much, David, for sharing your story, for sharing your journey, the the humility, the vulnerability. This is what we need to see from more men in our world. And you are on the leading edge. So thank you so much.
1: I appreciate that. Thank you again for having me. I love what you're doing. You're amazing. Your heart, your energy are just amazing. And I'm so happy that we're we're connected. It's great to know you.
0: Yes, yes. And for all of our listeners and viewers, This has been the Meta Business Millennial Podcast. We are on Instagram. You can also reach out to me directly at I am Erin Patton on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And of course, we have more resources at the metabusiness.world website. So check us out there. And we will see you on our next episode. In the meantime, much love and light. Peace. Did you really love this episode of the Meta Business Millennial Podcast? Well, I am honored and I appreciate you subscribing leaving a review and sharing it with your friends because your feedback allows us to co-create more enlightened conversations. And if you're interested in growing your soul now, head over to my website, erinpatten.com to find all the show notes, links, and free resources to get your energy activated today. In the meantime, stay bright, my friends. Much love and light. Peace.